Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 14 action is Senior Industry Analyst for Covers.com, Jason Logan. You can follow him on Twitter at CoversJLo. Jason, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, buddy. This is like old times when we used to do it YouTube style back in the day, right? Well, yeah, and it was actually very nostalgic seeing a few weeks ago when it popped up in my Facebook feed of probably five years ago when you and I did that. And for those who don't know the backstory of how in the world I got to this microphone, it was probably five years ago when um, I was running Bacon Sports and we struck up a friendship and every week for the entire year, you and I did a live streaming YouTube video talking about every single game against the spread. It was something that I did it to create sports content. You did it to get awareness for covers.com and fast forward to a year and a half ago when Joe was previously hosting this and you guys needed a new podcast host. And it just so happens I'd build a relationship with you doing this for the entire year. And it's a great testament to the building of relationships because I didn't do it expecting anything from you further on down the road. I did it because I loved talking sports with someone like you. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. We had a lot of fun with it. And like you said, we went we went through every single game too, which is uh, is often a daunting task. It was, but we were also extremely successful <laughs> at it. I looked and the number was like 58% that we were hitting going through it. And I like to think that foundationally, it was that experience that really helped shape my mindset. So you're like, well, how in the world do you get better at sports betting? Well, mm. go and find someone from a publication that you read and be like, <laughs> hey, you want to do a weekly podcast talking about every single game? So then I show up and I have to be able to talk intelligently about every single game and why we're doing this. And lo and behold, you train yourself in terms of how to think about being a smarter sports better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting your wrapping your mind around sports betting, you can be the biggest sports fan in the world and you can know all the players, you can follow all these guys in fantasy football and all that stuff. But you really do have to train your mind to look at sports in a different way, specifically the way you digest and then action information. Certain things will come down the news feed and certain things you'll see pop up on the on a on a television or read in an article. And when your brain is kind of in that sports betting track, it'll instantly go to like, oh, I can bet them in the first half. Oh, I can take the under in this game. Oh, there's value now with this guy's player prop. So it's just, it's, it is, it's just repetition. It's like shooting jump shots. The only way to become a good, good jump shooter is to shoot jump shots. That's it. So right. sports betting, the same thing. You just kind of have to have to get at it and hammer it. And then, like you said, just listen to a lot of guys in the space. I learned so much from a lot of the guys on the, even the guys on the covers experts team, all those, the, all the handicappers, they were, we used to communicate with them a lot. And uh, that's, that's how, that's how I kind of sharpened or, or honed my sports betting craft was, was listening to those guys and the way that they approached a game and, and, and seeing those kind of value bits of information and then how to action those. So. And I'll even take that a step further. So as a host, both for this sports betting podcast and any podcast that I do, one of the things that I love is I am learning while all of this is going on. And a lot of times I'm taking notes as the host, <laughs> as the show is going on. And as it relates to sports betting, I mean, having Jay Cornegay and Chris Andrews all the way to covers experts, Steve Merrill, to yeah. the people who come on the show, the Stanford Steves of the world, where 
I'm sitting there and soaking up how they think about this because God knows on any week we can go five and zero or zero and five, but I want to know how they came to the conclusion of why they bet the thing, what they're identifying, what they're looking out for, and you you rinse and repeat over and over again, and it's really been the DNA of this show for me because I knew um, by no means am I a tout, but I can certainly help you formulaically understand the mindset of how we can think about this. So for everyone listening right now, what I recommend is listening to the process of how we're getting to what we're doing. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be correct, but we have an informed reason for why we're doing the things. So Mm -hmm. when these experts come on or these bookmakers, how are they creating the lines? What are they seeing from the line movements? Um, I very much take that to heart and I actually will write down notes and I have a file in my Evernote that has little things that people have said along the way that I need to think about that builds my foundation for who I am as a sports better. Mm, yeah. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I have placed a bet while in the middle of hosting or being uh, interviewed for a podcast before I'm like, ah, it's just one set. I'm going to go get that one down right now before that line moves or before I completely forget about it. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a wealth of information out there. If you, if you're kind of, you know, looking to train your mind around the, the sports betting side of things. And uh, Robbie always get good people on and hopefully I can, I can hold the torch this week. You are. And actually, I want to touch about something you just said, a wealth of information. I think another key to being a successful sports better is to not let the sea of information overwhelm you because no matter where you look, you're going to find someone who's on the chiefs minus seven and someone who's on the dolphins plus seven. And you're like, what in the world do I do? I see all of these conflicting things. So what I do is number one, I find the sources that I trust. I don't have 50 things that I look at. I may only have five or less of being like, who here's the respected opinions. And what I really look for is let's call it confirmation bias. If there's something that I like a game that I want to be on and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Jason and Brandon from covers are also on this. I'm like, all right, this is a sign that I'm on something correct. So I'm not necessarily only looking to listen to other people. I'm looking to have what they're saying confirm or actually invalidate the way that I'm thinking. Because if I'm on one side and I see a lot of the people that I respect saying something else, maybe I need to relook at the process of what am I not seeing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, I always do approach each game with kind of a game to game uh, you know, I, I look at what's happened the last three games and look at it, but entirely, you know, I'm not going to overdo it in terms of trends. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you can fall into that paralysis by analysis thing. And like you said, you know, there's, there's always going to be someone that's going to have the other side of that bet. And if the bookies are doing their job, right, that's exactly what they want. So, um, you know, like you said, find the things that work for you, find the things that you put value in really recognize the things that you don't want to put value in or maybe could be overvalued by uh, public perception. Because when you talk to these bookmakers, that's the first thing they're going to tell you is that the line is set to public perception. And, and that's what's going to drive the number. And it's, it's starting to find those things that maybe could be overvalued, maybe could be undervalued. And that's where, that's where you find that sweet spot. And that is exactly why we created the get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week, <laughs> because you say, what are the things that I'm not seeing that is out there? And so often we're like, 
It's going to be gross. And we always know the Chiefs, Notre Dame, the Steelers, the Cowboys, there's going to be a certain value and comfort of knowing that Patrick Mahomes, oh, I've got a ticket on him. It feels so good. All right, let's get on the gross side because as we know in sports betting, the number of times we've lost by a hook, one, two, three, like, or getting a better number, the margin of victory defeat is so thin that your ability to identify where there might be a little bit more value. Remember, we're just trying to win these percentages above 53%, not going to win them all. We get that bad boy up to 53, 54, 55. Now we're cooking with gas. Yeah, I do. I do that uh, weekly article Sunday nights, basically like an hour, even sometimes less than an hour after the, the, the NFL lines come up for that coming week. And I kind of try to navigate as to when is the best time to place a bet. Should you bet this team now? If you like this side, get it now because it's going to move here. Uh, if you like this particular bet, wait it out. It could move and you could get additional points on your spread or total. And that's something that really took me um, in terms of sports betting to, to another level in terms of like consistently winning was, uh, or, or at least, or at least breaking even, let's just say that at least breaking even, um, was was timing my bets and getting down at better times and getting the best of the number and understanding that uh, you know oftentimes it's not about betting the best team it is about betting the best number and with nfl spreads and totals they are super super drum drum tight. uh the toughest lines out there to beat really i think amongst any sport and uh and to, to get the best of the numbers you know half of the battle so Can you share a little bit of wisdom on that? Because actually on my end, I had this experience right before this in looking about what was going to be my uncomfortable better, my pick a loser. And one team that I hate betting on is the Atlanta Falcons. They make me want to throw up (laughs) because you have no idea what you're going to expect with them, but they're taking on a Chargers team that has been an absolute dumpster fire. And Mm -hmm. I very much believe in the fade Anthony Lynn because they don't win close games. So if we see a spread that right Right now it's minus two and a half for the Falcons and I'm sitting there and I was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll wait until I talk to Jason before I place this bet. Uh, And I didn't want to include it in my marquee of bets because I didn't want to be attached to Atlanta. But then Mm -hmm. I started to think about, I'm like, well, when's the best time for me to place a bet like this was actually a great way to get to you because it sounds like there's no steadfast rule, but even if I was to take Atlanta, you're sitting in two and a half. And why would I want to make that right now? Because yeah, I want to get it, it under the key number of three. It is. Yeah. And that, that, it was one of my bet now lines was get Atlanta now under three, because um, when I wrote it Sunday night, uh, Anthony Lynn's job security was very much shaky at the time. He's still, he's still the head coach there. And um, I, I, I kind of fully expected it to kind of, you know, to, to, for him to be fired or at least for people to be calling for his head and that can build up pressure. And it, it's still, it's still teetering here, minus two and a half Atlanta. But what you're seeing now is you're seeing that big on that minus two and a half jump up to like minus one fifteen, which shows that they're probably going to go, you know, minus one, 20 and then eventually they're going to have to put on that extra half point i'm surprised it didn't move there quick uh quick here but i think come sunday that line is going to be at three because people are just so soured on the bolts if you look at them i mean what their only win uh in in like a month and a half has been over the jets you know they were a cover machine early on in the year we're doing fantastic but now they're just giving up far too many points and uh while the falcons are falcons come with a stigma they've been uh, specifically on defense, been playing much, much better since they fired Dan Quinn. So, you know, maybe maybe the Chargers should take a, a page out of their book and, and axe Anthony Lynn. But uh, Falcons played much better on defense there recently, and the Chargers just 
seem to be sinking every week. And one thing also on my mind, a little bit of a counter narrative, everyone loved Justin Herbert going up through this, but guess what typically happens with rookie quarterbacks? They hit a rookie wall. We even mm -hmm. saw it with Joe Burrow when he went up against Pittsburgh and it was just sort of like the, Oh, everything's not always going to be puppy dogs and rainbows. I still think there's an opportunity where Justin Herbert could struggle moving forward or in a game because he's not going to be Superman as a rookie as the attrition of playing this long into the season happens. But of course, that's not the narrative we hear. Everything we hear is he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. And, and, and teams also too with rookie quarterbacks, you don't have a whole lot to go on. You have kind of their college stuff. Um, most years you would have maybe some preseason reps, but you don't have those this year. So sometimes they can, because there's no tape on those guys, um, they're a little tougher to game plan for, but as they play more games and as they get more snaps, uh, defenses have a lot more tape on them. They can, they can kind of, uh, center that defense around their strengths and weaknesses. So, uh, with a guy like Herbert, like you said, the rookie wall, that's, it's a, it's a real thing, especially this year. I think this year is going to be extremely taxing on guys. Uh, towards the end of the year, we're hitting the last three, four weeks of the season. And normally, you know, you will see teams kind of bail on the year, especially if they're not in the playoff hunt. And I think this year, because of all the hoops that guys have to jump through, all of the COVID protocols, all of the distancing, just everything that's been, you know, weighing on them, it's been a real crappy 2020. Uh, I think you're going to see teams pack it in a lot earlier this year compared to last year. Uh, in any previous season, just because of just the weight of COVID. And they know that, you know what, I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of not seeing family. I'm sick of not seeing friends. I'm sick of having to be, you know, swabbed every day. And you're going to see the teams with nothing to play for, I think really pack it in. It's going to, it's going to make it very interesting betting underdogs the next uh, couple of weeks. Very much so. And I will certainly be looking at who those coaches are to potentially bet against them. So let's do a quick, our recap of last week and then look forward to our week 14 picks and Jason every week I like to give trends from the week that actually come come from you they can follow mm -hmm. you on Twitter at covers JLo and looking at week 13 uh, favorites won six and nine against the spread but the big number that stood out to me which I had not identified yet was home favorites they went three and eight against the spread on the week and then I looked on the season home favorites 51 and 70. And I was like, wow. Also favorites on the season, 83, 107 and one. So this is an underdog season. And I think back to last week when I talked to Chris Andrews, who said he's giving home field zero points. Has this been something that has stood out to you throughout the year? Yeah. I mean, underdogs kind of underdog somewhat caught fire. Um, let's see, got fire, but got, got hot, um, you know, four, four, four or five weeks into the year. And they've kind of held their value there. And if you look at the actual like straight up results, the splits between home and away, home teams are just 96, 95 and one. There's that one tie. And so there's no real edge being baked in here when it comes to, you know, what home field gives you. Sure, there's teams that are going to roll into tough travel spots, you know, going uh, west to east, um, playing, you know, indoor teams playing in outdoor venues with the cold weather, obviously, too. That kind of gives it a little bit of a home field edge. But you know, a lot of these stadiums don't have fans in the stands. It's very limited. Um, and, and teams are able to hear calls a lot more uh, clearly, be able to adjust to those calls a lot more clearly. They're a lot, a lot quicker, too. So I, I think home field advantage this year is, has been overvalued. Obviously, these things do tend to correct themselves over time, and bookies are usually the first to sniff them out. 
But, uh, you know, if you, if you can look at a place that has, you know, supposed to have a great home field advantage, uh, maybe you can find value on the other side of it. And looking at the totals, there's really nothing of note. Things have been pretty 50-50 one way or another. Last week, 6-8-1 and one to the under. Uh, the Really the only thing on the season that stands out to me, outdoors, 59-66-2, yeah. so slight favor to the under. But other than that, that seems it's been pretty middle of the road. Yeah, the, the um, heading into last week, the outdoor games were on a bit of a tear. So heading into what was a week 13 last week, uh, outdoor games were 8 and 19 over under in the previous three weeks. That was 70%, 70% unders. And then indoor games were 10 and 7 over under. So it was a 59% lean uh, to the over, but it, it didn't really show up again uh, in, in week 13. Those kind of started to balance out. But, um, you know, you're not going to see these trends every week. They're going to compound themselves over a while. So I think, you know, there might be something there to those outdoor games, specifically when the weather gets bad and the turf isn't great especially with those, those stadiums that use grass. Um, a lot of the times around this time of year where the sun isn't shining as much, uh, it's cold, the grass doesn't regenerate as much. And so, uh, you know, footing can be, and, 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 and turf integrity can be one of those things too. So you always want to take a look at how, how gross a field is. The other thing is too, is keep an eye on when you have college games played at pro stadiums on Saturdays because that can kind of chew up the turf a little bit before you'll see a few instances every, every year you see this where there'll, there'll be a college game on Saturday and an NFL game on Sunday and the weather may be a little sloppy and the turf is just crap. And that can, you know, lead to, to poor footing. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, you're unable to get the pop from the running game. Guys aren't able to break out of the routes a lot quicker. Guys aren't able to get the jumps uh, off the, off the snap. So those, those type of things can, can definitely play into uh, when you're handicapping totals. Well, and of course, I'm a Steelers fan, and they're notorious for this. Hey, yeah. let's let Pitt play on <laughs> it has, Saturday. It has, it, has been much better. it has been much better over the years, but uh, but uh, it is it is one of those things. Yeah, Heinz Field used to be notorious for that. Come December, that turf was gross. Yes. So it was a really good week for the podcast last week. Went 3-0. and We'll zoom through this. Um, nice. Big Mick, Moneyline Parlay of the week one. We had the Chiefs, Dolphins, Raiders, and Vikings. And let me tell you, it was not easy to stomach the Vikings and the Raiders. And I also had the Vikings in my survivor pool, which Ooh. I'm still alive in. So we got fortunate in that but we got the victory pick a loser of the week. We also got fortunate because we picked the Texans plus three and a half taken on the Colts because I said, we're going to fade the Texans without Will Fuller. And I'm sitting there and the Texans have the ball in the two yard line about ready to score. And I'm like, well, there goes that bet. And then boom, backdoor cover of the century for us. So that was a win And the big win of the week to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Better the week Patriots money line against the chargers. It was strictly, it was strictly a Belichick versus Anthony Lynn thing. But let me tell you about this game and how I got cute. So the line in this game was Chargers minus one. And then you see a little bit of like a, and that's why I took the Patriots money line. I'm like, whatever, one point's nothing. And then through the week, it's like, oh, it moved to one and a half. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I love live betting. I think this is going to be a close game. Maybe there's an opportunity for me to get the Patriots at three if the Chargers score first, because this is a back and forth game, right? Yeah, if the Chargers I even score. tweeted this out. I'm like, I'm looking to get the Patriots as soon as the Chargers score. Well, here's the problem. The Patriots scored 45 straight points and the Chargers scored zero. So despite the fact that I gave this out on the podcast, and by the way, everything I give out, I do play. 
I didn't get anything from this. I did not get action because I got too cute. What is the lesson in this? You know what? You chalk it up to the game. I was doing that in the name of getting more value. Sometimes I'm going to win that. Sometimes I'm not going to. But this week, it didn't work, fortunately, for me. I like it to keep it 100 with everybody. So it was good for everybody who bet that. Not good for me who got a little cute. Yeah, and I was on the other side of that one, too. I That, uh, that was one of my bigger whiffs of the season. I was on the Chargers for that one. I uh, wasn't, wasn't buying into the Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks thing. Really liked what I was seeing from Herbert. Uh, didn't like what I was seeing from the Patriots past defense, which has been horrendous and especially on the road has been really, really bad. And I always found that the Patriots have this stigma to them that when they do win, people get very excited. Like, oh, the Patriots are back and they expect the same excellence that has been there for you know, 15, 20 years. And uh, I was, I was fading that perception and I got bit in the ass pretty bad. Was it 45, nothing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped, stopped watching that one pretty quick. Oh, actually, I forgot about something. Let me add to this. It's halftime and it's 28, 28, nothing to the Patriots. And I'm like, the over under is uh, 18 and a half right now, or the Chargers <laughs> are now getting 18 and a half. So I'm like, screw it. Let's do this. So I actually bet the Chargers plus Ooh, 18 wow. and a half in the second half, which all of a sudden I look, boom, they lose by a quadrillion. And the very first score, it goes from 28 nothing to 35 nothing. And I'm like, I am screwed. So not only did I not get the Patriots, I bet the Chargers in the second half because my mindset was Patriots are going to run the ball, which they do. Chargers are going to need to throw the ball. So by design, they're going to be pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah, I didn't know they were going to be a complete dumpster fire the entire game. So welcome to the life of a sports better. Yeah, you win, you win some and lose some. You, you know, you try to take your lessons from it and carry on to the next week. And then that's the best way to put it behind your right. So that's a great transition because let's carry on to NFL week 14. And let's start with our get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. And mm. on the uncomfortable scale, I'm going to give this a James Jet. In 82 out of 100, <laughs> give me the Raiders plus three taking on the Colts. And the reason for this one, Phil Rivers has a toe injury that is going to need surgery in the offseason. At the same time, the Colts are down to their third left tackle, the one who was the backup. He just got injured again. So what we have now is a hobbled Phillip Rivers who is already walking in cement with another blindside that's not going to help them. The Raiders, they've looked shaky each of the last two weeks. And quite frankly, I'm not a very big fan of this Raiders team. I don't feel comfortable about this. But there was something last week when I bet on the Colts that I had tweeted, and I believe this was around halftime. I was like, is this Colts D really good? Because the Texans had scored 20 points on them. And we the narrative we kept hearing, Colts have a good D, Colts have a good D. And I look, and the Texans have like 20 points at half. Of course, they didn't score anything after that, but it's just something that I took note of. So I get a home team getting three points against a team that I'm not 100% about. I don't feel comfortable about it, but give me the Raiders plus three. See, I'm, on the, I'm on the opposite side of that one. I actually um, on the Colts this week uh, for that game. There's some injuries on the uh, on both sides of the ball. For for uh, I want to say, I was about to say Las Vegas and then Oakland and then there we go, Las Vegas. Um, injuries on both sides of the ball. Um, Josh Jacobs doesn't look like he's going to play. 
uh, Gruden was out saying that he doesn't expect him to play. And then their secondary is pretty thin as well, too. Um, the one thing that we're seeing from Rivers is, is much, much better production uh, since that real slow start to the season. He's done, he's done quite well. Um, and then T.Y. Hilton suddenly coming to life here the last two games. It's taken this long for the two of them to gain some chemistry, but T.Y., uh, some big efforts there the last two games. And then Oakland has just been terrible against the pass, uh, rough against the run as well, too. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's running the ball well. Um, I expect a big game from T.Y., and I, I like the Colts here as short favorites in Sin City. Yeah, and congratulations to everybody, myself included, who gave up on fourth-round fantasy pick T.Y. Hilton on their fantasy team <laughs> because he was complete trash all year until right now. So, Jason, do you have an uncomfortable bet of the week? I, I got two, actually. And I, I write a column every week, my NFL underdogs column, which is all uncomfortable bets, man. When you're betting underdogs, you're always, you're, especially this time of year, you you are you are uncomfortable picking through some of those teams. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I've got Minnesota at plus six and a half because Minnesota is, is generally always uncomfortable. Uh, would really love this game to be at a touchdown, but it's not. I'll take the half point hook on the six. I'd say about a sixty out of out of maybe maybe a, maybe a, a, a fifty nine sixty at a, in the uh, scale of uncomfortable. Not as uncomfortable as my Christmas sweater, but uh, but getting there. Uh, I like what I've seen from Kirk Cousins recently. Been really, really good, really consistent. He's he's now complimenting, and and then with with the passing game, they're now complimenting that Dalvin Cook uh, rushing attack. Tampa Bay does have a great defense, um, but with Minnesota, they're they're kind of throwing a lot at you. They're going to keep you guessing, and I think they can outscore this Bucks team because of what we've seen from Tom Brady or what we haven't seen from Tom Brady recently. Really, really bad November. They had a bit of a bye week to correct things. Um, but you know, I don't think it, I don't think it's a magic potion by any means. I, I like Minnesota to stay within the touchdown here, plus six at Tampa. And you had a second one. My second one is the Cleveland Browns, which is always always uncomfortable, and they're rolling right now. But anyone that knows the factory of sadness knows that they they got to pump the brakes when it comes to betting on the Browns, and they're they're hosting Baltimore on Monday night. The main reason why I'm uncomfortable with the Browns is because one, they're the Browns. Uh, but uh, they've been terrible against divisional opponents. They're 0-4 ATS against the AFC North this year. And according to our coverage trends, they are 9-23-1 ATS in their last 33 divisional games. So, you know, I, re- I-, I like what I'm seeing out of Baker Mayfield the last two or three games. He's kind of played his best football since his rookie run. Uh, and then this rushing attack is, is you know, with Chubb and, and uh, Kareem Hunt, they, they are the number one rushing uh, attack. Uh, they put the, put the Ravens to shame right now. So uh, I am betting Cleveland plus one at home on Monday night and hoping that they can, they can shake the, the ghosts of uh, divisional games fast. For what it's worth, I did look at the Vikings, but I've been on them each of the last three weeks, and it has been hellacious. Zero (laughs) percent of watching that has been enjoyable. And I said, you know what, Rob? Do yourself a favor and have some holiday cheer by not on Wednesday betting on the Vikings and being locked into that because it just makes our life a little bit easier, even though I understand everything that you went down for that. So So now let's get to our... Pick a loser. Oh, what a loser. And our goal of this bet is to identify a losing bet, to think a little bit differently. And for me, my pick a loser of the week is Washington plus three on the road, taking on the 49ers. 
49ers coming off a blowout loss in prime time. Kind of Washington on the road, but kind of on the road. Kind of on the road. Kind uh, of Washington, on the road. Neutral, neutral site game. Washington coming off their biggest win of the year. They could be without Antonio Gibson. And I see this as a letdown spot for Washington. So for me, it's like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to want to be laying three points with the 49ers. Doesn't exactly make me feel all warm and fuzzy, but really this is more of the formula that we've said, buy low, sell high. I am buying low on the 49ers and I'm selling high on Washington for that reason. Washington plus three is my pick a loser. What about you? Yeah, and that one too, with a total of 43 and a half, we could get one of those sub 42 totals, which are, are rare these days. Now you don't see a whole lot of them pop up. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm sticking to the NFC East. So, I mean, it's easy to fade the NFC East and it's not Dallas that I'm fading, although I'm not confident my Cowboys at all. It's the Giants. And, and for a lot of the same reasons uh, that you don't like Washington, I think they're set up for a letdown spot here coming off of that win over Seattle. And Seattle has it had its own issues going into that game too. But if you look at the Giants streak, I mean, they, they, they basically built it against NFC East teams, terrible teams. I think they got a, a win over Cincinnati in that stretch. They played well against Tampa Bay there. What was like a month ago? Um, but you, you know, you possibly get Daniel Jones back this week. I don't know if he's the guy that you want to under center right now. And when you measure him up against, uh, I believe it's Colt McCoy, uh, total throwback there. Um, I don't th- there's no difference in the point spread to me between these two quarterbacks and McCoy's been performing pretty well. Um, yeah. I'm just not buying into them there. Arizona coming to town. Yeah. It's a, it's an early start and it's that cross country start and it's outside and Arizona hasn't played that well, but I, I, I just think that the giants are set up for a letdown here and the line is it's, it's moved towards them here too. It was plus three now plus one and a half. Uh, I like Arizona as that short road favorite and they they've got to pick up the win too, if they're going to keep pace in the NFC uh, West. All the narrative I'm hearing on Arizona is centered around Kyler Murray's injury or how bad it is. And it's not something we're actively hearing a ton about. It's there, but it's one of those football players and quarterbacks get injured and you're dealing with it. And he's going to get surgery in the offseason or who knows what it is. I think I'm with you on that. I would want to fade the Giants just on a formula. Yeah, I don't think you don't need to score a whole lot of points to beat the Giants. The Giants all year, I've been I've been uh, speaking their praises on defense. They've had a great defense all season, and it's taken a little while for their offense to kind of get in line with the new system under Jason Garrett. But they're you know they're still not a powerful offensive team. Arizona's not going to have to do a lot here to to, to edge the Giants. Uh, the total in this one, what is the total for this one? Two forty-five. Um, you know, pay attention to the weather in East Rutherford this weekend. See, see what's going on there with the chilly December weather. Uh, and maybe one of those games where Arizona just wants to get in and get out and get that W no matter how ugly it is. So let's get to our big Mick money line parlay of the week. I see they got the big Mac. I got the big Mick. The goal of this bet is just to produce a winning bet. And I'm going to give a three teamer that pays minus one twelve. Give me the Seahawks. Taking on the Jets, Packers cool. at Lions, Saints at Eagles. So Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Seahawks. For me, it's simple. The Jets are terrible. Seahawks bounce back. Packers, Lions. I don't have any faith in this Lions team. I think the Packers will just take care of business. Saints, Eagles, 
at some point, do we have to stop thinking that the Eagles are going to become a good team? I don't believe they are. And what really stands out to me about the Saints, the Saints defense, it has been so good the last few weeks. I'm That's what I'm hanging my hat on. So Seahawks, Packers, Saints. Uh, and by the way, I do want to mention, I did not include Tennessee versus Jacksonville in this. For some reason, my spider sense doesn't feel good about that game. And as someone who's in survivor pools, I'm taking the Seahawks this week. I would love to see Tennessee lose. And I don't want to have a vested interest in Tennessee because if they were to lose, they're likely one of the top three picks. So I am not keeping them in my pick. Yeah, they that that Jags team, man, for a team that that's supposedly tanking, uh, they're doing a pretty good job of disguising it. I'll tell you that. They've covered in the four of their last five or something like that. They've been they've been frisky. They're not a fun team to bet against at the moment. <laughs> uh, and they, I believe too, they've I think they've gotten a, a lot of like takeaways and points off turnovers and stuff like that recently. Which I'm always a little hesitant. Like with with the Miami Dolphins, I'm always a little hesitant to bet against the Dolphins or bet on the Dolphins because of just the way that they score points is sometimes weird and freakish. And, uh, you know, you can't always count on those things to be there, whether it be special teams or, or defensive scores. Um, so for this, it just has to be money lines, right? It doesn't have just to be- mon- just all we need is a winning bet. Just money lines. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to I'm going to go uh, and sticking with the Colts there. Minus 150. I'm going to go Cincinnati against my Cowboys plus 165 at home. And I'm going to go Houston minus 160 at Chicago. So $10 bet on this one will fetch you about 62 bucks. Uh, well, I've already kind of said, you know, I, I'm, I'm buying into what Philip Rivers is doing. Yeah, it's, he's, he's, he's got the bump foot, but he's, he's never been the most mobile guy in the world. Um, you know, good defense on that team. Not as good as what their stats say. I've always said that the Colts were a bit puffed up this year because they had such a cupcake schedule early on. Um, but still, a very sound defense. And they're starting to run the ball well. T.Y. Hilton heating up there. Uh, so I like what they, the, what they can do offensively. Houston on the road in Chicago, it's going to be chilly. Uh, you know all about this. You know what the weather's like in Chicago at this time of year. Uh, Going to be a little windy as it always is. Uh, however, Houston has played some pretty solid football over the past month. Sean Watson's just been incredible. Um, but this Bears defense, which was kind of where the franchise hung its hat, it's I'm pretty sure the defense has just given up. They've allowed 75 points the past two weeks. Um, you know, and then if they get into a shootout with Houston, which is what Houston loves to do, they just don't have the the firepower to keep up. So I, I like the Texans, and then da- Dallas is just terrible. I mean, this it, is this has become the, a really ugly Christmas sweater. And uh, you know, since since he's been staying competitive ever since they lost Joe Burrow, uh, they've played some some softer teams. They've allowed twenty points, nineteen points, and nineteen points the last three games. But Dallas is 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 among those bad teams. And if any team has tape on Andy Dalton. There is a full archive of Andy Dalton tape in the Cincinnati complex that they'll be picking this one apart. So I, I, uh, that, that's my, my big money line parlay is, is Indianapolis minus 150 Cincy plus 165 Houston minus 160. Like I said, 10 bucks will get you about 62. So enough to come. Christmas And that's actually a good segue because I actually placed another bet already this week, a six team or a six point teaser. I teased up the Steelers from two and a half to eight and a half. And I teased up the bears from one and a half to seven and a half. So a Steelers bears uh, teaser. And reason for that is one, give me the Steelers and 
and getting points, piece of cake over a touchdown. Uh, on the bear side of things, of course, nothing about that feels comfortable. But I do like getting more than a touchdown at home against an offense that I'm not exactly sure where the offense is coming from. I get this to Deshaun Watson, but once again, uh, I remember what they look like without Will Fuller. So yeah. that's not an endorsement for the Bears, by the way. It's yeah. just more of the – and I've actually seen that number go from one and a half to two. Where So people are on the Texans right now. But once again, even though there's no value in home right now, I don't mind getting the Bears at more than a touchdown against a team that is equally as going nowhere as they are. Yeah, we had a David Johnson sighting there last week too. I mean, he had a, he had a couple a couple runs there where you're like, who was that? And you're like, oh, it's David Johnson. I didn't know he was still playing. Uh, I think he's missed he's missed a few games there due to concussions. But what did he have here? Let me run it down. He had 44 yards rushing in a touchdown, uh, 24 yards receiving. Not 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 too shabby. So not not obviously David Johnson from like well like whenever he was fantasy god. But um, you know, getting a little getting a little production out of this guy is what they need to do. So. As we wrap this up, I want to do a quick rapid fire with you to try and provide some more value to some people. Cause I know there's a lot of other games that we didn't get to. Yeah. So let's keep these super short. We had chiefs laying seven on the road, taking on the dolphins. I believe that number started at seven and a half right there. For me, I'm staying away because I don't like betting against the chiefs because that's not how you build big bank rolls. Yeah. And it's, I think what two is two is back this week. Was he back? It wasn't back last week. I think he was back last week. He yeah. was back last last week. I, you know, it's tough to bet on tough to bet against Kansas City when they're, you know, around a touchdown or so. I don't have a wager on this game. Um, like I said, Miami's kind of been a weird team in terms of that winning streak that they put together. A lot of that success came on special teams plays, came on defensive touchdowns and big and, and takeaways and stuff like that. And they thrive on those takeaways. Uh, Mahomes doesn't make too many mistakes. So those opportunities may not be there for the fans, but I, I don't have necessarily have a play on this one. Uh, we got Steelers on the road, taking on the bills bills, two and a half point favorites right here. Just the, the normal way that I would think about this Steelers, you're buying low bills. You're buying high right now, yeah. but we're, we're seeing that, uh, I would expect that number to move and it hasn't because it seems so logical. You would be on the Steelers where I'm like, well, wait a second. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I like this. I like the Steelers. I took the Steelers as one of my, my underdog picks this week. And sometimes when you're betting underdogs and I, that's the kind of the rules for the column is I have to pick three underdogs and only underdogs is sometimes you just kind of have to take the best team getting the points. But if we look at what happened to Pittsburgh last week against Washington, they were caught in probably, you know, the, the, the worst situational spot that you can find a team they're supposed to play on Thanksgiving against a rival. That game gets moved almost a week to Wednesday. Uh, you're a Steelers fan. Uh, you felt the frustra frustration around that. Their team, I mean, their players were irate. Every time the game was getting moved, they were getting super pissed. And so I think they went into that Baltimore game pretty pissed off, but it was a rivalry game against the Ravens. They finally got it done and won. And then you've got this team in Washington – a losing team and a non-conference team kind of sandwiched in between that rivalry game with all the frustration and rescheduling uh, and sandwiched in between this and this trip to Orchard Park to play the, play the Bills, which is a really big game in the AFC. And they didn't have James Conner due to COVID. Uh, and they got caught against the Washington team, which has a really good defense. So I think it was just a lot of that, a lot of that bad performance last week was, was based on just a, a rotten situational spot um, you know, the a game that Pittsburgh didn't really have front of mind for that one. Um, 
but uh, you know, they get Connor back here. The bills have trouble stopping the run uh, really fun stat here around the Steelers. So since big Ben took over, which I believe was 2004, they are the best underdog bat in the NFL, 49, 26 and three ATS as point spread pups in that span. And within that same 17 season stretch, 51 and 36 ATS when coming off a straight up loss. So uh, taking the points with Pittsburgh here, plus two and a half. I, I really, I don't see it going up to three unless there's some serious, serious sharp money coming in. I think this one is going to stay below that field goal and they'll just kind of juggle the juice around it. Steelers also getting Marquise Pouncey. They're all pro center back, which don't mm-hmm. sleep on that because I watched as the backup center snap the ball to Benny Snell instead of Ben Roethlisberger on a play. And one other thing of note as we wrap this up about the Steelers, great loss for them because they no longer have the perfect record hanging over them. And remember, what is something that we often hear about teams and going for championships? When do you peak? If the Steelers continue to win and win and win, their peak is this extended thing. Now the target is off of them and onto the Chiefs. And this gives Mike Tomlin a great opportunity to be like, oh, you guys thought you were something? Let's look at these last few games where you are not all of that. It gives them an opportunity to sort of um, self-check themselves and get ready for what actually matters, and that is winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. You're you're absolutely right. And that's – it's something that the more – you know, the more they won games, the the media hype and the the questions and the interviews – built up around, Oh, are you guys going to go undefeated? Are you going to go undefeated? And Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, a smart coach that I don't think he get, cares about those regular season records. He wants to get to the postseason and, and win another Super Bowl. So uh, yeah, like you said, a, a pretty good win. And then you see what they've done. They've been a very resilient team with those guys uh, coming off a loss. They're a good bet. So, and I, I like them here as, as road, short road underdogs. And I will also be on the Steelers as short road underdogs, which I already am. Jason, love jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? Well, you can go to covers.com, obviously, and there's a ton of great information from our entire team. Uh, we've really come with the content this year, trying to you know keep everyone engaged with sports. It's one of those things that continues to go and continues to be there when a lot of things have been taken away from us. So our, our team of covers has been fantastic. Uh, my NFL underdogs column should be up there now. I wrote it this morning. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at covers JLo. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. As far as the social stuff goes, I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I got three kids coming up here. I got uh, we're homeschooling and, and football's going. I don't have too much space for anything else. There's no, I'm not TikToking it out there, Rob. I'm not, uh, not doing my dances on TikTok anymore. It just takes too much time. And if you want to be a more informed sports better, follow Jason Logan on Twitter because it is a valuable part of my sports betting knowledge. So let that be a sort of little ding, ding, ding for you. And I want to hear from you. What is on your NFL week 14 card? Do you have a pick a loser, uncomfortable bet or big Mick Moneyline parlay of the week? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And you know what would spread some holiday cheer is if you've enjoyed this podcast, jump over to iTunes and give us a rating and review because it helps us with discovery and bring more people into our community. But you know what else it does? It helps me because I love hearing from you. And when you show me some love, I'll show you some love back by giving you a shout out on the podcast. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. 
be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pumps, pumping in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.